If you or a loved one has a hoarding problem, let's work together on a solution. Hello, everyone. Thank you for stopping in to listen to the Hoarding Solution podcast. And today our guest is Lee Chambers, and he is going to share with us um, some of his personal experiences around overcoming some challenges in his own life, as well as how he is using that to help other people now. And he does have a book coming out um, later this year called How to Conquer Anything. So thank you so much for joining us today. Yeah, it's a pleasure to be on, Tammy. Thank you for inviting me. Well, I'm really happy to have you here. And I love that we're doing international um, because (laughs) we all face adversity no matter where we are. So um, thank you for being here. And uh, tell us a little bit about you and and how you kind of came to be where you are now. Yeah, so I was born and brought up in the northwest of England. And my family are blue-collar workers, so I've got that hard work ethic. And they identified when I was quite young that I was very curious, a little bit disruptive, uh, but quite talented in in school. So I was getting particularly good grades from a young age, and both my parents decided that they really wanted me to be the first one in the family to go to university, and then to show that other family members could also do that if they so desired. Um, and I kind of went through quite a quite a stable childhood. So we always had food on the table and always had a roof over our heads. And it was quite comfortable in the fact that we never had major trauma or real adversity. And again, that kind of, I got to university and made my parents proud in that respect. Uh, and then moved out and started to enjoy the whole life of freedom, the autonomy of choice and found myself part of different societies and clubs. And that was great. But I did have some mental health challenges in the middle of my time at university, where I really struggled to make the transition from adolescence to adult. I just found that as a young man, didn't really have the self-awareness or the emotional intelligence to dig deeper inside myself and express who I actually was. So I looked out to society and other young men like me who were in the public eye, They were all sports stars or film actors or rappers. And that wasn't really like me. I couldn't model from them because I'm more like an entrepreneur slash scientist. That's how my head works. And it's just like, so I thought, society can't really give me the answer. So I look back to my youth and realised that dad didn't really set me much of an example of who to be and didn't really help me to unlock who I was. Me and my father are quite different and he spent a lot of his time out working when I was younger. So I was in a place where I didn't really know where to turn to understand myself better. So it ended up with me isolating myself in my university dorm for a number of weeks and being taken home by my parents. That was really the first challenge that I had in my life. And I went home and I had to go and reflect and start to understand what had happened. I realised that I started avoiding everything, my friends, my studies, my job, my emotions. And I realised that I had to start to understand these by starting to approach them and being courageous and brave and realising that I had to start to go and take action to find out who I was 
because you can't sit there and think and become by sitting there and thinking or reading. You have to go out there and chisel yourself, chisel your character and, and find what you really enjoy by sometimes doing the things that you don't. And I then gra- went back to university and graduated in 2007. And I kind of thought, what would I like to do? And I'd realised, I really like helping people. And I really like statistics and figures. So I kind of put them together in a ball and got, let's be a financial advisor. I can do all the sums while helping people with the financial well-being. I thought, that's a great idea. And I actually managed to get on a graduate scheme at a big national bank here in the UK. So I was very happy with that and thought, you know, this might well be a career path that could get me both, you know, my own financial freedom, but the ability to help others. Unfortunately, 2007 was not a good time to go and work in finance because six months later, they they weren't able to fund my training and said to me, you have to find the thousands and thousands of dollars to pay for your training yourself. And I come from a relatively poor background. I didn't have that kind of money, but it didn't really matter because a few weeks later, I was made redundant. And looking out, there weren't any other jobs because of the economic crash in 2008. It was mm-hmm. a barren time. And I went back home and had to really think, what can I do? Because I can't do what I thought I was going to do. And I decided I was going to take ownership. I was going to build a business because I couldn't fire myself. And I was going to pay for my own qualifications because if I paid and picked, paid for them and picked them, then I would be accountable and I'd complete them because I was invested. So I ended up setting up a video game business from my parents' back bedroom. And that grew really quickly into a six-figure business. And it revenue doubled. It allowed me to buy my first house which I was incredibly grateful for at the time. And during this period also, I was working in local government, trying to understand how I could navigate different industries and understand different things. And I actually got to a a, a good, good place where I met my wife and had my son and life was quite comfortable. We bought our first house together. We holidayed in Florida and cruised around the Caribbean. And many people would look at that life and think, oh, well, Lee's done well for himself. He's in a really good place. And then all of a sudden in 2014, over the course of a week, my immune system started to attack my body and left me in a hospital bed unable to move. And all of a sudden, I'd gone from being fully independent and everything feeling like it was going along like a nice ship on the sea to not really knowing what my future held because my knees were the size of footballs and my shoulder and my wrist had blown up so big that I couldn't lie comfortably in the hospital bed. And I was in a really difficult place. And the initial shock, it was massive because I didn't know how to process what had happened. It happened so quickly. My son was only 18 months old. He was looking at me with his big eyes like, Daddy, I can't play. And I was just there. My wife was six months pregnant with my daughter and she was coming after work to help me shower. The nurses helped me to go to the toilet. The assistants helped me eat. It was a really challenging time. And I went through the negative emotions that we all do when we face significant adversity. And at first, after the shock wore off, I felt despair and frustration because I was, I'm only 29. 
I've looked after myself. I'm quite healthy. Why has this happened to me? Why, why me? Why now? And then that passed. And I knew I had to let these come. I knew that if I tried to suppress them and bottle them up, it would only come back to make me life more difficult in the future. And after that frustration and despair came grief. I started to grieve for my mobility, grieve for my physicality and my, ultimately, my ability to play with my children, realising that I didn't know what the future held. But I was moved up onto a longer-term ward at the hospital and that gave me some time to reflect. And when you can't move, you get a lot of time to reflect. And I started to realise, actually, I'd never been grateful for walking in all the years I'd been alive until I lost it. And that made me realise really quickly that the people coming to help me do the basic things, I've not been grateful enough to them either. And for my life in the UK, with I've never been and had famine or environmental disaster or war and conflict. I've never had anything like that. I've never even been hungry or homeless. In fact, I'd had free education, free healthcare, opportunity to set up a business freedom to work in a number of different industries I suddenly saw everything I had and realized that what I'd lost was just one tiny part of an amazing life of opportunities because I could have been that orphan on the other side of the world with none of that and that just fired me up to realize I have to take ownership of my disease this is going to be with me for the rest of my life but I can attack it as much as it's attacking me I can be proactive in my recovery. I can take off any of the limits and the boundaries that anyone might suggest and try to get back on my feet for me and for my children. And I got out of hospital and went into walking rehab. My daughter was born and I looked at her there just as a little baby, held her in my arms and realised that she didn't have any of society's expectations on her. And in nine months, she was going to start walking and I was going to be walking with her. And that fueled me through those difficult mornings when I was in so much pain, when I was stiff, when I didn't want to do my exercises, my stretches, my physio. And I just knew it was like a fire inside me. I'm going to be there for my children. I'm going to show them that when the wind blows really hard, you can stand up and still keep walking forward. And that as well became the fuel for the business that I have today essentialize where I help people to face adversity and not see it as a threat, to see it as a challenge that they can step into, help them to have that little bit of courage to stick that toe outside of the comfort zone on a regular basis, probably stretch that and become bigger and more able to grow and face the fears and things that we're afraid of, but also to really have a purpose and a mission because that power really it's like a fire inside you. When the wind comes, it fuels that fire. Because so many of us, we just have a little candle inside. When the wind comes, it blows us out. We don't have the power to carry on and do things that make a difference. And that's where I'm at today. My journey, my qualifications and my experience, I've brought them together in the same way that you now help people with the possessions and the attachments that they have. I help people to see the potential within them and help them to improve the health and optimize their energy so they can really start to move towards that every day. 
And, you know, it's amazing how many things you have gone through to be where you are. And like you were talking about, you don't really like appreciate what you have sometimes. And, and then once you realize how much you actually have, it's pretty amazing to start being very grateful um, for those things. And while it, it, I don't think we appreciate like the ability to walk and do some of our act, um, usual daily activities until we can't do it. And while my situation is not that extreme, I had a, a back issue a few months ago and I could not even move laundry. And you don't realize how much you rely on yourself until you can't do that or you can't make the bed or navigate to the bathroom. And I see where people end up in sometimes in the situations they're in with their stuff because of their mobility issues. And it isn't like they planned it. It just kind of happens over a period of time when chronic illness crops up. And I don't think um, people really know what that means until you've either very personally experienced it, or I had a younger brother in a wheelchair. And so I know the navigation issues were a huge thing at that time. And it just you don't realize how valuable it is to be able to walk and navigate and manage yourself until you can't do it or you have to do it slowly <laughs> for, mm. or for whatever reason that you're slowed down. And so it, finding that reason and that purpose to get out of bed and to try um, is such a valuable thing. If you don't find that, I, hope is such an important aspect of recovery from just about anything oh definitely and, and I, I just feel that so many of us it's it does take something massive for us to suddenly see the things that we're passionate about and obviously i'm really passionate about people's well-being people's health equality of opportunity inclusion and belonging and i now see the reality of just how lack of accessibility means that people then not included and they don't feel like they belong and then that ultimately makes them feel you know disconnected and that brings its own challenges because we all want to feel like we're part of something and there's the world is so interconnected there's lots of different elements that connect together and we so often look at things in isolation just one problem right it's like medicine it tries to solve one symptom, but causes 10 side effects because we're such an interconnected as human beings. But the whole environment and world that we live in is massively interconnected. And sometimes we just need to step back and look at that. And for me, going through all that has helped me to grow. I wouldn't have grown if I hadn't have suffered. I wouldn't have had my eyes open so much if I hadn't have gone through that challenge. And I just think like we said before, your life is full of ups and downs. It's like an ECG, like a heartbeat. And for some reason, society starts to make you believe it should be a flat line upwards. Your whole life should be like an elevator, just traveling up nicely and smoothly. <laughs> your life 
was that flat line. You wouldn't have a heartbeat. You'd be dead. Life's not comfortable like that. It is up and down. But you need to have your eyes open and your head up so that when you're in those trenches, you can see the mountain in front of you that you can climb. And if you believe you can, then you will. You don't need anyone's permission. You just need to dig inside yourself because all the answers are inside each person. Sometimes we just can't access them. We don't have the right questions. We don't have the keys. We don't have the ability to dig deep enough. But again, we're, 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 we're amazing humans. We have massive potential, so much that we don't even know what it is. And so often we look to other people for that. And other people can encourage. It's important that other people help to inspire and empower other people and share that energy and really try to help others. But there's so much advice in this world. Sometimes it just takes a little bit more encouragement and a little bit of support and a little bit of guidance. And I love what you said about the permission piece, because I think sometimes we wait, like we're waiting for someone to tell us that it's going to be okay, or that we should start a business, or we should do whatever action. And then once you realize that you can give yourself permission, (laughs) it it takes all that off the table. You're like, oh, well... I guess that doesn't matter quite as much because I'm giving myself permission to do this thing and, um, and making that decision I, um, is so valuable as well as the comfort zone. I mean, I would not be sitting here talking with you today (laughs) if I had not jumped way outside that comfort zone. But I also think sometimes you have to jump like right into that river but other times you can incrementally jump and you're still making movement. But I think that's where coaching or someone who is holding you accountable can really help you move toward whatever it is you're, you're going toward. And if you don't have that, I was thinking about this this morning, if you're a solopreneur, if you're really independent and especially right now, if you're not able to get out of your house as much and things like that, it can be a very isolating experience. And if you can connect with other people that are somewhere on the journey upward and not flatlining, that really helps you move forward. And not only that, there's something really amazing when you see that light bulb moment come on for someone, that aha moment where they realize oh, I can do this different. This is awesome. Yeah, and, and that's, that's really the big fulfilling part of coaching people is helping them realize that actually inside, you know, you just need someone to ask you a few questions and prod you in a few different places and get you a little bit uncomfortable because you know what? Sometimes you do need to literally jump out the plane before you push because sometimes life is going to push you out of that plane on a skydive. And sometimes it's easy to just accept it and jump first. So you've still got that control. But the truth is, actually having to be accountable to a coach is uncomfortable. So all of a sudden, you've got to do it. And you know that your coach is going to say, why have you not done that for? <laughs> and actually, exactly. it, becomes, it, it becomes more comfortable to actually do it. And it still pushes you outside your comfort zone. But instead of having to take a big step out, you put a little toe out 
But if you keep putting that little toe out, it stretches that zone. And all of a sudden, what, what used to feel like a massive jump is just a step because you've expanded it. It almost grows like a muscle. And it's quite amazing to see people who stand in a really tiny little circle in the comfort zone gradually expand that out. And when they expand, the whole body expands. They suddenly stand with more presence. They look at you with more eye contact. They hold themselves with more charisma. And you actually see them grow, not just as a person, but as a presence, as a, as a being. They suddenly you see them glowing. They start to light up other people's lives as well as their own. And it's, a, it's an incredible feeling. And obviously you have felt it as well. There's something amazing in helping other individuals to find their gifts and to bring their gifts and to shine the lights on themselves. And it really is fulfilling. And it's been, it's been amazing for me to do that for other people because, again, I do make a living out of doing this. And yet it makes a massive impact because they then go and help other people. And for me, if, we can, if I can leave people happier and healthier and have more direction and purposefulness in what they do, then they, that'll spread to other people. They'll spread it to their families, the people that they work with, their friends. And it then spreads across the world because emotion and energy and vibration, it does. It travels. And it only takes a kind word or a smile to people on the street for them to have an amazing day. And again, we really, we should love all human, other human beings, not in that particular sense of, you know, deep relationship, but just a kind word, a nice smile and a little word to the people we come across because we're having less contact at the moment because of the world that we're living in. It's even more important that if we see someone, just take that time, give them a few seconds just to let them know we appreciate you as a human being. I, I totally agree that, that, you know, we come across people and it, there's been some interesting interactions, I would say, <laughs> lately with some of these restrictions and things, but you, you never know, uh, like someone's at a tipping point and you never know what positive impact you can have if you are just kind, if you just hold the door, if you just smile or um, take the extra time um, to let them go down the, we have like arrows telling us which way to go in the store. And some people get really, and I'm like, I get that we're not used to this level of direction. I'm, I'm personally not going to get all bent out of shape because someone went down the aisle the wrong way. I mean, and so I think for some people, change is really hard. Change is hard anyway, but, or it can be, but I also think that it's okay to allow some grace <laughs> and keep your own blood pressure at a good level. <laughs> yeah, it start, it, cause it starts with us and we really need to, not tell people so much but guide the way so i kind of think like i like systems that the the arrows on the floor in the store 
I follow those arrows. I, I struggle with people who don't because it seems <laughs> so simple and so clear. You've made it very easy. Why would you contravene such a simple thing? Well, and, and I agree that if I will generally follow it and I will take a lap and go down, you know, so I'm going the right way because I know it's difficult for other people, like it's stressful for others if I'm not doing that. But I'm not going to say I haven't backed my card up to grab something right on the end, <laughs> you know, then, then I go out the right way. But, um, but I get that for most of us, it's very strange to have that level of direction, I think, in something that we normally wouldn't even think about. But, you know, if you are struggling with like an autoimmune situation or you are at a higher risk, I can see why venturing out is stressful because you have this added level, like you're always already thinking about protecting your health. And now you have this extra thing that's out there on top of it. And so I get that that's very stressful and very challenging if you, I mean, and they will say, oh, just order your groceries. But some people don't have that option. Like you have to go uh, once in a while. And so for me right now, what I see is there's lots of room to extend grace (laughs) to other people and to myself. But more importantly, that just like you were saying, it does not take much to smile or have a kind word or interact in a positive way because you just don't know how that could change things for someone oh yeah and it's that compassion at a time like this because everyone's anxiety is raised because there Mm -hmm. is something out there and it's not gone away yet it's still here and it can be fatal for people's lives and that means that no matter what you think about the whole situation you are worried deep down you are anxious and you were going outside and seeing all these things that didn't exist four months ago. Sanitization stations, masks, shields, barriers, stickers on floors. It's not our, it's not our normal. We're not used to that. Mm-hmm. We've not had a pandemic in our lifetime that's been amplified on social media and in the news so much. And that just means that actually we do need to be more compassionate with ourselves and with others because everyone has this massive challenge. It's a shared human experience. We are all feeling these things together. And obviously, when we're like this, we actually need to bond together as communities, look after the vulnerable people, actually ask the people close to us, connect with them intentionally and say, are you okay? How are you doing? And be open and honest with other people and say, I, I don't feel great today. I feel a bit worried about things. Because there are people who are losing their jobs. There are people who have worked 12 hours a day for the past four months as key workers and on the front mm-hmm. lines. There's so many people in challenging situations. And it's great for me to sometimes sit here and say, it's not a threat, it's a challenge. It's time for you to step up into the greater reality to, to, you know, to chase your potential. But to do that, we have to have that love for ourselves, that love for others, 
that compassion and that self-awareness to realize that not everything is black and white. There's a whole lot of shades of gray in the world out there. And if you start blaming other people and causing conflicts because they didn't follow the rules 100%, you're hurting yourself and you're hurting other people. Because the more you blame and shame people, the less responsibility they'll take for their actions. In fact, they'll be more likely to continue to cause problems for other people because they now feel and get defensive. They're on the back foot. You've questioned the, you know, their values, their right as a person. That that's not a great thing to do when people are feeling a bit anxious. It's actually better to just realise that, like you say, just a bit of grace, a bit of forgiveness, a little bit of, you know, we're human. We're not perfect. Sometimes we do things that we struggle to explain because our thoughts, feelings, actions and behaviours are not always connected to the part of our brain which is able to process language, which is why we do things sometimes and simply can't put into words why we did it or how we felt because we are massively interconnected and yet can't always process that. It's why sometimes it's very difficult to explain, you know, how you feel for somebody. Very difficult to put it into words sometimes because feelings don't necessarily translate into words. And those words have very personal meaning to us. And that's a lovely part of the human condition. There's absolutely no doubt at this particular time that we're living in. It's turbulent, it's challenging, and it's real time for people to slow down a little bit if they can. And just think about who they are, how they can help other people. And the biggest way you can help other people is by helping yourself and finding out who you are and how you can bring your strengths, your values and your gifts to really become the best person that you can be so you can protect others, so you can love others, so you can be there for others when they are struggling. And if we can look to become the best person we can be, then we can do that for others. We can lift them up with us. We can become a person who sets an example for our children, for our friends, for the people that we lead and work with. And I just feel that that's so much better than a world where you're told what to do. Because again, there's way too much advice. We get so many inputs and so much stimulus. There's so much information out there. You could never consume it all because knowledge without action doesn't make a difference. But encouragement when people have the knowledge and the skills and the tools it helps them use them it helps them to keep going and it gives them the motivation to really push on and express themselves in a way that's positive for them and for the world around them and it's really i have a a good friend and business mentor uh robert garcia who always talks about a rising tide lifts all ships and i i firmly believe that as you love yourself and as you grow and keep your own cup full you are able to help others and you're able to take that overflow and put that into other people and i think it's so valuable to remember that we have to really figure ourselves out and figure out what we bring to the table 
and share that. And once you figure out your mission and your purpose and start doing it, it's, it changes everything for you and the people around you. And so I, I love the idea that we're all kind of interconnected and energy flows doesn't matter where we are in the world. It does, it does flow. And so I, I really appreciate what you are saying because it, it is very valuable to figure out where you're headed and how you're going to get there generally shows up, but just having that direction having an idea of where you're headed is so helpful and um, it's just so needed, I think, for people to uh, become quiet, center in a little bit and kind of figure it out. I, I see, like you're saying, there's so much input and there's so much white noise and so much information you have to really selectively choose what you're going to pay attention to and even in business there is so much advice <laughs> there are so many things <laughs> that people tell you and you're like but the other person just said this and okay how successful is that person in what i'm trying to do you know should i be listening to this particular book or this particular thing that's telling me what to do because maybe it doesn't apply maybe it makes sense for them but not for me and so I know it can be really difficult to kind of navigate that and um, figure out what actually pertains but I think when you are focused on the humans in situations that a lot of that other stuff just kind of falls away or if if your purpose is to help the person in front of you and and focus on them i think that just helps you have a better idea of what to do and with that particular client or that particular situation and it it's so people will say you need this that or the other thing and i'm like look you need a laptop a piece of paper and a pen <laughs> you know it it and if maybe you have a selfie stick if you're going to record something, but there's so many people that say you need this and you need a website and you need all these things. And I'm not saying those things aren't important, but initially you have to figure out what you bring to the table and how you're going to help people if that's what your objective is. And I think it's too easy to get clouded. You know, all these other things come up that you people say you need. And I think if you took a step back, you'd realize that if you were just focusing on the person in front of you, it would be clearer as to what you need to do next. Yeah. And I almost, I, in so many ways that that rings true because when somebody says, I need a website, you can almost say, but to say that you need to have a very clear definition of who I is, who is I, because until you know yourself, I doesn't need anything. <laughs> I need to. I need to know, and then I can help you. I can build a website. I can build a business. But you need to have a very strong definition and know who I is. Otherwise, what are you trying to build? 
That's that an excellent eye, that, point. Mm-hmm. That finding that eye is digging those foundations, is getting dirty, is building the groundwork, the cornerstones in who you are. You have to go out there and find that. Build it, dig it, chisel it, get dirty, get uncomfortable, get uncertain. You become a point where finally, through all that, you get a strong definition of who I is. And then you can go out there and you can say, I can help you. And I think the biggest advice that I've taken on my business journey came really early on. And it's, it'll probably make you laugh because the simple advice that this man gave me was don't take advice and don't conform. And ever since that, I haven't taken advice. In fact, I've listened and I've been heard, but I've not taken advice and I've not conformed to what they say you need because who are they? They are not me. I am, I am, I very strong. I know what I need. And the truth is, when you've got that direction, you've got that clarity, you know what mountain you're climbing, you know what journey you're on. And that allows you to sit down and be honest with yourself and find what tools you need in that backpack, what skills and strength you need to climb that mountain. You get a lot of clarity when you know I and you know your journey because then you can prepare. That's when you go out there and you start to be very selective of the information and inputs that you get because you get that clarity, you get that understanding and you can then select the advice. So not the advice that's been told, but the advice that you have sought. And also, again, advice isn't as powerful as encouragement and empowerment and finding people who are going to shout and encourage you up that journey, up your mountain. The people who have climbed a similar mountain and have fallen off a few times, who can tell you why they did and possibly help you to maybe not fall off as many times yourself. But in so many ways, don't take that advice. Don't conform. Find yourself and do it your way because no one else can design your life but you. You hold the keys. You hold the pen. You hold the map for you. It's all inside you. Just find it, create it, dig it out, make it happen. And it's so uh, it's so true that we have what we need. And we just need someone sometimes to help us clear it out the dust a little and, and refine it. And then we're able to keep creating what we have envisioned. And I can learn from a lot of things, but I believe in a grain of salt. Like I'm going to listen to what you're telling me, but that doesn't mean I'm immediately going to run over here and implement it. (laughs) If it doesn't make sense for what I'm moving toward, but there is so much value in working with someone to help you clarify that. And so I have had a lot of personal personal mentors as well as business coaches where they draw help you figure it out they draw it out of you and if you are working with someone who is intent on your empowerment and encouraging you to just step out a little more that's so useful that has been more helpful than anyone saying you didn't do this right 
you know, (laughs) that's like, okay, maybe I already knew that. Like, I didn't need you to tell me that I didn't do this right. Like, I already know. (laughs) Thank you. Um, But if you have someone to say, hey, I see what you did, but maybe try this. And that is far more encouraging and helpful, I think, no matter what you're doing or pursuing. And and I think that you're right, that you have to get dirty. You have to get, dig into that foundation. You've got to put your work boots on if you're going to be in a place to help others. And so I think that is the piece people talk about overnight success. Well, we all know that that's not true. <laughs> There's so much underneath that has to happen before you reach that mountaintop. And having someone like you to help people move toward that is so valuable. So how do people reach you or how, what's the best way for people to get in contact with you? Uh, so they can go to my website, which is www.essentialize.co.uk. And I'm sure you'll put that in the show notes. I've got a website, which is leechambers.org. All the socials are on those websites. So you can also access those and follow my own journey, read my blog, and subscribe to get a discount for my upcoming book. Yes, that is so exciting that you've got a book coming out. Looks like in November. So that will be a great, uh, great help for people, (laughs) I believe. Yeah, it threads the little bits of my journey through some of the stuff I've learned through my clients and little bits of science I've learned from my qualifications and kind of brings it all together and lets you take a look at how you can start to conquer things like fear, anxiety, digital addiction, and just those kind of elements around our moods and our barriers and our limits. And just we can conquer so much. It starts with belief and a few little methods just to start breaking those barriers down. Absolutely. I know it will be a useful tool for people. Um, I thank you so much for coming on today and talking with me and sharing your journey and just all the things that you are bringing to the table, I think is very valuable. Yeah, it's been a privilege, Tommy. Thank you for inviting me again. Thank you so much. If you or a loved one has a hoarding problem, let's work together on a solution. 